How to Play, Episode E, Painting Miniatures. Hello everybody, it's good to be in your car or headphones or wherever I might be with you there today. My name is Ryan Sturm, I host this How to Play podcast, and today is Episode E. This is a lettered episode. Now normally in How to Play what we do is we take a great game and I give you an explanation of how to play that game and how to teach that game. But every once in a while I get the itch to do something different. And that's what's happening today. Today we're going to talk about painting miniatures. If you're interested in hearing some great game explanations, check out some of the numbered shows. We have 19 of them now over at howtoplaypodcast.com. But today we're talking about painting minis. This episode was recorded on August 13th, 2010 from the beautiful How to Play Studios in western New York. And if you'd like to discuss the show, we have a guild at Board Game Geek for all the loyal, wonderful How to Play listeners. So today we're going to talk about a basic step-by-step how to paint miniatures. But first, I probably need to convince you that you should give this painting miniatures thing a shot. Why should you paint your miniatures? Come on, Ryan, this is board games. I I did board games so I didn't have to paint miniatures. Well, there's so many games now that are coming out with plastic miniatures instead of just wooden blocks. And a lot of times they just come to you unpainted as one single color. Now, if you're to paint those, you're going to just really improve the game experience and let everybody get into sort of that thematic nature of the game. Just make your game a heck of a lot more fun. Also, there's just a sense of accomplishment. When you finish a project and you look at the miniatures, it really just adds to the beauty of the game. And you can look at your project and say, hey, I did that. That's pretty good. Some of the great games that are out there that could be really enhanced with painting some of the game pieces include Shadows Over Camelot, Robo Rally. Age of Empires 3, Cyclades, Empire Builder, Chaos in the Old World, War of the Ring, Battle Lore, Twilight Imperium, Memoir 44, Descent, and there's new games coming out every day with great plastic miniature pieces. You can even use the techniques for print and play games or for enhancing other components of board games. Or if you're a role player, you might like to create a set of really nice miniatures. If there's other important games I'm missing, let me know there at the guild of some other fun board game painting projects. Now you're probably thinking to yourself, I can't paint. I haven't done anything artistic since I had art class in 8th grade. Yes, you can. You can do it. If you can color in the lines in a coloring book or paint by numbers, you can paint minis. It's not rocket science. The figure has a shirt on, you pick a color for the shirt, you paint it. You aren't painting the figure from scratch, you're just adding color to the different sections. Anybody with a steady hand, patience, and being willing to put the time in can do it. I'd use myself as an example. I don't have any particular artistic ability. I never was really that interested in art. But one year at Origins, I sat down at their paint and take booths and gave it a try on one of the miniatures. And my wife and I had a lot of fun with this, so we decided, oh, what the heck? We took our Shadows Over Camelot game and took it upon ourselves as a project. It was a really fun project, and we're left with these really beautiful game pieces that we can really be proud of. If you'd like to see some examples from my work, there'll be a link to those there at the guild. 
In fact, I really recommend you go to the guild and check those out because I'm going to be referring to some of the specific pieces I've done throughout the episode as examples of some of the various techniques, such as washing and dry brushing and dipping. And in that post there at the guild, I will mention which show examples of which technique. So that will really help you get a visual example of the results you can expect from the techniques that I'm talking about. If I can do it, you can do it. And you know what? Painting miniatures, it's really hard to screw up. If you make a mistake and you don't like it, you can just paint over the section. Or if you mess up a lot, you can reprime it and start from the beginning. And if it gets really bad, you can completely remove the paint and start from scratch. You can't really mess up. If you keep at it, you're going to end up with a piece that you really like. You can do it. And this podcast is here to help. Just follow this step-by-step procedure, and I bet you're going to end up with a finished product that you'll just love. Let's get started. First steps, gathering the materials. All right, so if you've decided to do a painting project, what do you need? Well, first of all, you're going to need to pick a project. You're going to want to pick a game that you want to try and paint. Or if you really just want to test things out, you might want to just go get one miniature, go to your local hobby store, pick out a miniature that you think is nice, and really just give it a shot to see what you think. Don't be afraid to dive right in. Pick any game that has plastic or metal miniatures. The process is the same with both. Though you may want to pick a smaller project. Maybe the eight robots from Robo Rally or just the knights from Shadows. Be aware that you're going to need time to do this. How much time? Well, if you're doing an individual miniature piece, each individual miniature will take you around an hour. Now, if you're doing multiple miniatures of the same type, for example, you have four orcs and they're all pretty much the same. Then you can sort of do them more factory style, doing one part at a time. It'll probably take you less time, maybe down to a half an hour per miniature. But if you have a set of eight individual miniatures that you want to do, you're probably looking at about 10 hours labor time. If we take the example of Shadows Over Camelot, for example, Shadows Over Camelot has those 10 individual pieces. It has the four barbarians of one type and the four barbarians of another type and the 12 catapults. You're probably looking at somewhere between 20 to 30 hours of labor time. That gives you a basic idea. Something like Chaos in the Old World or Cyclades might be a little bit longer. Just keep in mind starting with a reasonable project. For example, if you just pick those knights and decide to just try those knights, you could go for that and see how it goes. Now obviously you're looking at a 20 to 30 hour project. This is going to be done over several weeks. You'll probably, you know, if you have one to two spare hours in different evenings, you'll get it done over over several weeks. Alright, so you've got the miniatures that you want to do. Now you're going to need some other equipment. You're going to have to go to a large hobby store, you know, Michael's or Joanne's Fabric, and let's see what you're going to need to get. Painting, it really isn't that expensive of a hobby, and especially if you do lots of projects. Once you get those starting materials, you have enough materials, a lot of paint and the brushes, to do many projects. Let's see what you need and how much it's going to cost. First of all, you're going to need some primer paint. You're just going to need some, basically some white spray paint. You could use another color to prime, but the best usually is white. So you just get a white can of spray paint any kind. It might actually be cheapest to pick this up at the hardware store. You can get a can of spray paint for about $5. Now you're going to need some paints and brushes. First of all, let's look at the paints. It's easy to use acrylic paint. 
This is easy to find at any hobby store in little two ounce bottles. You'll want to get two ounces of your basic colors, red, blue, green, white, yellow, orange, purple, silver, gold, and black. You're definitely also going to want a nice flesh color as well. And usually you can get them for about a buck a piece. So if you're looking at just getting those basic colors, you're probably going to invest about $15 in paint. Next, you'll need some brushes. Now when you're looking at brushes, there's a billion options to choose from. Generally, getting packages of brushes is the cheaper way to go than to go in and get individual brushes. If you're looking at getting individual brushes, they might be two, three, five, seven dollars. Now you could get like a five pack, probably for about five, six dollars. So you're looking at about a dollar per brush, which is a pretty good deal. The brushes that you're looking for are called round brushes, and you're really going to want the fine, detailed, very small, pointy brushes. In fact, you might find sets called a detail set. So the most important brushes that you're going to use are what's called a round 5 slash 0 and 10 slash 0. Also, you could use a 3 slash 0 and just a regular 0. The 5 0 and 10 0 are very tiny pointy tip, so good for getting in those little tiny cracks. And the 3 0 and 0 are a little bit bigger, good for larger areas. It's also nice to have a small flat brush for what's called dry brushing. Just get a flat two or a flat four. That will set you up for that. You can probably get away with spending just about $10 on brushes. Really look for those value packs. But really make sure if you're getting those value packs, make sure you have around five zero and ten zero. After you're done painting, you're gonna protect it with an acrylic spray. I recommend getting a clear matte spray, what's called. M-A-T-T-E. Look for an aerosol can of that. There's many different varieties available. But again, that's going to cost you between $5 and $10. So if we look at the startup cost for a project like this, primer is about 5 bucks. your paint's going to be about 15 brushes around 10 and then your finishing matte spray about $5. Add that up, round up, uh, you're probably looking at about between $40 and $50 in getting started in this hobby. Hey, that's only one game. And do you know how many hours of entertainment you're going to have in painting these pieces? It really is a lot of fun. It's a pretty cheap hobby comparatively. Other materials are good to have on hand. If you don't have them, you might need to pick them up at some point. Uh, an X-Acto knife and maybe some sandpaper. A lot of newspaper. Uh, shoe boxes and cardboard boxes are nice. A hot glue gun. Nails. Paper towels. Plastic cups. A paint palette of some kind. You could just use a paper plate if you wanted to, but they're good to pick up at your hobby store for about a buck. Dish soap. I'll get into why you need that later. And you might need some modeling glue if you're unlucky and you have one of those sets where you've got miniatures and pieces and you're going to have to glue them together. So just keep in mind those are some good common items that's useful to have on hand. All right, let's get to the project. Step one. Prepare the miniatures. Alright, so the first thing you have to do is make sure that your miniatures are really ready to be painted. A couple steps involved in this. Sometimes you'll have minis that aren't exactly perfect. They'll have what's called flash, and that's all sorts of little extra bits attached to maybe the sides or the top. Look for anything extra that's undesirable that you wouldn't want on there. And that's where your X-Acto knife or sandpaper is going to be used to remove these little bits. They may look good enough that you don't have to do any of this or just might not care enough, but if you're painting them, you may really want to just take a minute, look at them, see if there's any little extra bits that need to be removed. 
then in order for the paint to really apply well, you need to make sure they're clean and just give them a nice bath in some soapy water. Just put them in a Tupperware container with a little bit of soap. Let them sit there for a while, mix them around, and dry them off. That's it. That's step one. Step two, prime the miniatures. All right, so make sure that they're dry. Give them a good amount of time to dry off, and now you're ready to prime them. So the next step is an important step. It seems kind of silly to paint it all one color when you're just going to paint over it anyhow, but it really is important because what you're going to do is you're going to spray paint it all, probably usually white. And the reason that you're doing that is it's easier to get paint on paint than it is to just paint plastic or to paint metal. So it's going to make it a lot easier for you when you're doing that fine detail work. So we're going to cover the whole thing with a prime color. Now usually you want to do this with white paint. The reason that is is because if you're doing any light colors like yellows or oranges, it's going to be easier for those to show up. You can prime it with gray or black, but if you do that and then you try to paint a section yellow, you're going to have to put a lot of coats of yellow on that in order for that black to get covered up and your brighter colors are going to end up muted and a little darker. If that's the effect you want, that's great. If not, you're going to want white as your primer color. There's some other reasons you might want to prime with a different color. Say, for example, you're doing something like orcs or goblins. You could prime them green, and then you wouldn't have to paint like their arms and legs. You could just paint their clothes and probably cut down on the amount of painting you have to do, which is a good thing. Or you're doing pieces that you wanted a player color. Maybe you had some red pieces and blue pieces and black pieces and green pieces. So you would prime them in that color and then just color in the details. That's a nice way to do it. But then that would involve getting a can of spray paint in each of those colors that you want for priming. What are some techniques for doing this? Well, you can just get a big box or some newspaper, spray paint one side, let it dry, flip all the pieces over, and spray paint them again. Easy enough, right? And spray paint, the nice thing is it dries pretty fast. It's mostly dry in 10-15 minutes, though you probably want to wait to do any painting or anything on it for at least an hour. But there's a better way to do this. The best way to do this is to hot glue them to a nail. A couple reasons this is a good thing. When you spray paint them, you can hit them with all sides and just be able to do it once. And also when you're painting them, you'll have something to hold on to as you're, as you're painting trying to get to the different parts of the miniature. So this is really the best technique is to warm up a hot glue gun, get a cardboard box and some nails, and you're gonna put a little bit of hot glue on the top of a nail, and you're gonna press the miniature, the bottom, the base of the miniature, to the top of the nail. And then you're gonna stick the nail with the miniature on top into a cardboard box right on top. And then you'll set up maybe 10, 20 miniatures that way, and then they'll all be stood up on that cardboard box. And when you spray paint them, now you can hit all the sides of it all at once. And your minis are primed and they're ready to go. Step three, paint the miniatures. This is easy, this is just like paint by numbers. You're gonna find different sections and color them the color that you want. Don't be intimidated, you can do it. You're usually gonna wanna use maybe that five zero brush and for the really smaller bits, that 10 zero brush. But before you go rushing into painting it, you're gonna wanna have a color scheme. Take a few minutes and think about, all right, I'm gonna color this, this, I'm gonna color this part, this. Now the easiest way to do this, and I definitely did this, is to cheat on your color scheme. There's all sorts of people who are better at picking this out than maybe you and I are. 
So just go on BoardGameGeek and look for someone who's already done this project and look at a picture of it, and then you'll know, all right, I'm just going to use that color scheme, or that will just give you something to base it on. Definitely use the ideas of others to help you in creating these great color schemes for your miniatures. Now when you're doing game pieces, one of the interesting things is you're going to want like a base color for a lot of the different pieces to make them recognizable when you're playing the game. For example, if you look at Shadows Over Camelot, each knight in the, when they're unpainted has a base color already on there, which matches the, the color on the nameplate. Like, for example, King Arthur is the red piece. He has a red base before you paint him. You're going to want to incorporate that into the color scheme. And what a lot of people have done is they've taken the capes and used that as a main color. So say for King Arthur, his cape and the tassel coming out of his helmet is red to designate that he's the red player. And if you do that for all the players, it's easy to see which knight is which. I used the same sort of idea when I did my Robo Rally pieces. I knew I love blue and I love Twonky, so I made Twonky, his main color was blue. And one of the other pieces was maybe more gold, and another one was an orange, and another one was a red, and so on. And if you go on, I'm going to have links to these so that you can see. You can use my color scheme if you want. But be aware that I rip these ideas off from other people's a great work there at BoardGameGeek. I did a similar thing with Empire Builder. I made a red, blue, yellow, and orange train and used those focused ideas with, of course, steel for the metal. But just had that idea of that base color. Then you have something like Hero Quest. When you're doing miniatures of, of different creatures, you know, you're going to want to think about their different skin tones. Uh, for example, looking at the orcs, I painted those a base color of green, and then I decided on some, a couple colors I wanted their shirts to be to make them sort of all look similar. So I used um, blue and purple. All of them have blue and purple shirts, so they all kind of match, which is kind of cute. Nobody likes orcs that aren't wearing matching shirts. One basic tip for painting as you get started doing it is to paint as you would get dressed. So you start with doing the miniature skin, then maybe any clothes, then maybe any like armor that goes on top of that and goes from there. To get started, you're just gonna wet your brush a little bit, make sure the brush isn't too wet, dip it right in your paint on your, on your paint palette and you're good to go. Just make sure to really clean that brush thoroughly between getting into the different colors. And you have to be patient. Make sure the areas are dry before you're painting adjacent areas. You're probably going to want to move around on the miniature. So maybe I'm going to paint the face first and then move down to the feet and then maybe back up to the arms so that I'm not getting in the way of the, of the paint that I just painted. Careful how you're holding the mini. And this is another advantage of that nail method, as I said. You have something to hold on to. Uh, you don't have to worry about touching the miniature on wet paint. And then just make sure to hold that miniature from all different angles. You want to get it upside down. Make sure you're getting all those little nooks and crannies. So you're just going to get that whole miniature painted from top to bottom. Make sure you're going to want to get that base. Usually I wait to paint that base last. A lot of times it's easy just to do a black base depending on what the miniatures are. And you can stop there. You, when, you're, when you're done with that, you can just spray it with a finishing spray and you're done. That's it. But if you really want them to look nice, try either step four or step five or both. Step four, washing. Washing is a painting technique. It's an excellent technique because it's a very simple method 
to make your minis look a lot better than the painter that you are. What the technique is, is you're going to paint the whole thing with a very thinned out dark paint. And this is wonderful because that darkness gets into the cracks of the miniatures and stays there. To see examples of this, look at examples in the armor and the capes uh, on the knights of the shadows over Camelot in my work there, or look at, say, the faces in the cracks of the eyes of the orcs and the goblins, or if you look in the armor of the chaos knights, you'll really see the little dark bits in between in those little cracks. How do you do this? That's very simple. You're just going to take a few drops of black paint, and you're going to add a few drops of dish soap. And the reason you're doing that is to thin out the paint. So you've got this thin, thin paint. It might look a little bubbly, a little bit like milk. You're using about 50-50 paint to soap, maybe a little bit more soap, because you want that really thinned out. Because if you make your wash too black, you're basically just painting the mini black, and then that's no good. You're pretty much going to have to start over. It might take a little bit of experimentation to figure this out couple drops of black and then a few drops maybe a little bit more of soap should have a very thin consistency any kind of liquid soap will work I used a uh, liquid hand soap I think mine was like melon flavored that's not gonna really impact it though I like to think that if I smell my miniatures they have this delicious melon scent then you're gonna take that and use maybe around zero around three and brush this thin paint mixture over the whole thing you can try to avoid places that you don't want to get really dark. If you have like a shiny sword, or if you wanted to avoid the face for some reason, or the hands. But usually you would cover the whole thing because it will really look nice and get in the cracks of the whole miniature. Then what you might do after you've covered the whole thing is just take a brush and try to brush it away from the higher parts of the miniature. And where you see that wash sit in the cracks, that's good. You want to leave it there. So you just want to try to brush it off like the tops of the faces and the armor. Say, for example, you have the chain mail. And you have the chain mail, you have all those little grooves. You want that wash to get into those grooves and you want to brush it off the top of that chain mail. Because that wash is so thin, Sometimes it's good to do one side and then the other. Maybe do the front side, brush it, let it dry for a few minutes, and then turn it over and do the back side. If you try to do the whole thing all at once, that wash might run over and not sit in the cracks, but just get on the outside where you don't really want it. First, when you brush it on there, it, it might not look the best, but after it dries, you're going to see sort of the magic happen as those dark nooks and crannies are really darker. And you can leave it like that, especially if you want sort of a darker, meaner look. You might want to just leave it that dull look. But if you want to brighten things up a little bit, especially on the outside, and provide a nicer contrast, you're going to move to step five, which is a little bit trickier. Step five, dry brushing. So dry brushing is a very nice technique for finishing off the paint job. It's great because you're going to have those deep pockets where you're going to have the wash. But then on the outside, those high parts, you're going to want the outside really bright. Example, look at that chain mail again. You want the outside of that chain mail really nice and shiny. Or those robot arms. Inside the little crinkles of the robot arms, you want it black. But on the outside lines, you want it nice and shiny or the train wheels on the Empire Builder miniatures. And you can see the capes. The capes are darker in the folds and nice and bright on the outline ripples. So this is a little bit of a trickier technique, but with a bit of practice, you can do it. So you gotta wait till that wash dries, be patient. And then it's time to rub some brighter things on the outside of those outline parts of the miniature. Let's say, for example, that chain mail. So you've got the black inside the 
the chain bits. You want the outside nice and bright. So we're going to use a silver or a metallic color. And you want to use the flat brush to do this. You're going to put some paint, some of that silver paint, on your flat brush. And then you need your paper towel. And you're going to wipe the brush on the paper towel. And when you see marks there, and you're going to keep brushing to get most of the paint off so that there's just a little bit of paint on that brush. When you brush on the paper towel, you just see a little bit of silver. Then with that flat part, with hardly any paint, you're going to just rub it over the high parts of the section you want to paint. Just want to rub it over lightly the top of that chain mail. And as you rub it, you should start to see the tops of those chains get a little bit brighter and a little bit brighter. If you have too much paint on there, you're not going to bright up those parts. You're just going to sort of get that silver paint everywhere, which is not what you want to do. You do the same thing with like the outside of that cape. Say you're doing King Arthur's cape. You'd want to wash it with the black so you got nice black dark parts in those cracks. And then on the ridges of that cape, you're going to want that red to pop a bit more. So you would get a red and brush it off. Make sure you have just a little bit of red paint on that flat two brush and just brush lightly on the outside, on the, on the tops of those ridges of that cape, and you'll see that red color start to pop on the edges of that cape. And you can stop with it just there, and that's usually as far as I would take it. And that'll get what you want. Nice bright silver on the outside, black on the inside. Another example of this, you could see what I did on the orcs, the orcs that have a white skull belt. Uh, so it was really dark, but we wanted that belt insignia to pop. They have a skull on their belt. So I just took a little white and dry brushed that. So that white skull pops out right there in the center. And you can see that skull on their belt. Now if you really wanted to play with this effect, you could work on trying to get lighter and lighter. Say I was doing that cape. I would first start with red and dry brush on a little red. And then they would mix a little bit of white in there to get a little bit lighter red. And then even on the even higher bits, try to get a little bit of a, a lighter red color on there and work their way up to lighter colors. That's a bit of a trickier technique. If you just do it the one time with your dry brush color, I think you're going to see the results that you want. It takes a bit of practice, but after working with it for a little while, you'll see how this adds a really nice touch. Step six finish the miniatures. So finally, you're going to spray it with this clear matte acrylic spray. You can use some other different kinds of sprays. There's a, a glossy acrylic spray, which makes it just a bit shinier. You also use a lacquer. I've used the lacquer spray before because I really like the tactile feel of how they feel, but it might be a too thick and really kind of make your paint job a little fuzzier and hard to see. So when you're using this acrylic spray, you're going to use a few light coats, two or three. Just do a nice light spray over the whole thing, give it a few minutes, and repeat. You can do it two or three times. Make sure you get all the sides and including underneath a little bit to really help protect that miniature. This spray is going to help protect the paint. It's also going to give it an, a little bit nicer feel to it. It's also just going to give your paint job a nice little shine to it. And again, here's where that hot glue nail technique is really nice because you can really just spray those on all sides and you don't have to worry about the acrylic spray making it stick to, say, the bottom of a box or newspaper if you're just trying to spray one side of it. If you are using that technique, after you made sure it was dry, now's the time where you just pick it off the nail and that hot glue removes very easily. The harder part, you got to kind of get your fingernail on there and pick that glue off. 
And then what you might have to do, you don't have to, but this would really make it look more professional, is get at that bottom and make sure you paint the bottom of that where that circle, where that nail spot was. And you might have to spray that too, just to really give it the finished look. And then your pieces are done. All that's left is to show them off to your friends and move on to the next project. Let's talk about one other technique. Another technique, dipping the miniatures. This is a really nice technique and it's a great way to get beautiful results with a little less work than attempting painting all the miniatures of a really big project. I use this dipping technique when I took on my Age of Empires 3 project. I really wanted to get after these minis, one, because they have great pieces, but two, because you've got all these different pieces and when they're not painted, they're really hard to distinguish from one another. So I took the advice of some of the people on the forum and I wanted to paint some of the unique parts of those miniatures. So I've got the logs and the axe for the colonist, the gun for the soldiers, the cross for the missionary, and so on. But then, to really get it definition, I was inspired by some photos there on BoardGameGeek of people using this dipping technique. The dipping technique involves dipping your miniature into a wood stain, which gets in all those cracks and gives the miniature a real definition and provides a nice coating without you take, having to take so much time in painting each individual mini. The product that's used in this technique is called Minwax Polyshades Wood Stain and Polyurethane. I'll say that again. The brand is Minwax Polyshades and it's a wood stain and polyurethane because it stains it and it seals it all in one step. It's available at your hardware store in little half pint jars. You want a darker brown color like a dark walnut or a satin pecan and that'll cost you about seven or eight dollars. If you want to see the results of this work you can look at my Age of Empires miniatures there at the post on the guild or I also use it when I did my Hero Quest miniatures. They had those figures, the skeletons and the mummies have all these little cracks and so because of that I thought this dipping technique would really add nice definition to those pieces. So check those out to see what it looks like. You start the process the same way, but you have to use that nail technique that's very essential so that you have something to use when you're dipping. You're going to prime the pieces and then you're going to paint the pieces. Because you're doing this dip technique, you may not need to or want to do a lot of the miniatures. For example, for those Age of Empires pieces, I just did little one or two little components of each piece. For the mummies, I just did the little eyes where, where the eyes were with flesh. And with the skeletons, I just did his scythe there with metal and wood. And that was all I painted. And I did the bases for those pieces, but that was all I painted. But you're going to want to make sure to paint anything you want to paint, including the bases, before you do the dipping. Then the nice thing is you can skip that step four and five. You don't have to wash and dry brush, which are some of the most time consuming steps of painting minis because you're using this dipping technique. And this part is about as easy as it sounds. Just take your miniature and dip it into the can and remove it. Then you're gonna wanna have a, a spare brush. If you have a cheap brush or a brush you don't care about, that's the brush you wanna use because the stain is kinda nasty stuff and you're going to want to brush away all the excess. You don't want to just leave it, put it back onto the box because otherwise you're going to have this chunks of stain and it's going to, not going to look very nice. So try to take that brush and really brush away any of the extra bits. All the other stuff will get into the cracks just like a good wash would. Then after you've gotten most of the extra stuff off, then you can just stick that nail back in your cardboard box and leave it there to dry. 
the finished product, I think you'll be really happy with how it just fills in the cracks there. And the really nice thing about this wood stain is the wonderful feel it has, this nice soft feel to them, which is very nice. You also don't have to do the last step of hitting them with the acrylic spray, the matte finishing spray, because that sealant is really gonna work as your protection, and so you don't have to worry about doing that acrylic spray either. You saved yourself a whole bunch of steps. The final step with this dipping technique for sure, but also the previous technique, is let your miniatures dry and air out. Don't, when they're done and dry, don't stick them all in plastic bags. I remember the first time we played with my Age of Empires painted pieces, I was so excited. Then we got them going and then people were like, what is that smell? I said, oh, that, you know, that's that wood stain. And you know, we just kept going and I think we were starting to get a little bit loopy because those chemicals were pretty strong and didn't have a chance to air out sitting in the plastic bag. And by the end of that game, I think we were all just having a much better time than maybe the fun of the game should have provided. So let your minis air out. The last thing about that dipping technique is that, like I said, that stain is really sticky, goopy stuff. And after you're done with that brush that you're brushing things away with, that stuff is just going to stick there. And you have two choices. Either your brush is just going to be ruined and you're not going to be able to use it anymore, or you're going to have to use something like a paint thinner to clean those brushes off. But that about does it. That's a basic technique for painting miniatures. You need to pick a project, get the materials, prime the minis, paint them, give them a wash, try to do a little bit of dry brushing, and then finish it with that acrylic spray. Or instead of those last few steps, you can try the dipping technique. Remember, you can do it. All you need is some time, patience, and about $50 to get started. And you can accomplish that first painting project. Maybe you want to do the Nights for Shadow. You can work on it with a friend or a spouse. My wife and I did that project on Shadows Over Camelot and something I can really be proud to bring out. And it makes playing a great game even more of a personal experience when you have put that much of yourself into a game. I hope you'll give it a try and let me know how your efforts turn out. I'm happy to be a resource for you there at the Guild if you want to ask questions, you need any suggestions or advice on how to get started with painting miniatures. I bet there's some other people who are even more experts at this than I am. I would consider myself somewhat of an amateur at this. But there's all sorts of great people on the Geek who are willing to help you and give you advice on learning to paint. Another great resource and one of the places I turn to in looking where to start is there's a website, howtopaintminiatures.com. There's hyphens in between those words. Or just Google how to paint miniatures. And man there has this great website. So you might want to look into that. Painting miniatures. It's not as hard as you think, and it's wonderfully rewarding, so I hope you'll give that a try. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Ryan Sturm for the How to Play Podcast. One, two, three, four. This has been Ryan Sturm for the How to Play Podcast. How to Play is written, recorded, edited, produced, promoted, and financed by Ryan Sturm. How to Play is a one-man, independent podcast not affiliated with any game vendor or game company. If you like How to Play podcast, I count on you to support it. You can help out by joining and participating in the guild, donating financially to the show, writing reviews or rating the show on iTunes, help talk up the show in your game group or on the forums at BoardGameGeek, and even just thumb announcements of new episodes. 
We have no contests, no gimmicks, no advertisements, no plugs to game websites or companies. All of the show's content is free of all bias, save for one, my own. And that is due to your own continuing support. Please consider supporting the show in some way today. I love to hear feedback from you, and I can be contacted through our discussion forum on the Guild at BoardGameGeek, or I can be emailed at howtoplaypodcast at msn.com. This podcast home on the web is www.howtoplaypodcast.com. Thanks again, everybody, and until next time, I hope you will learn, teach, and play great games.